0: We've been on vacation, so we have a different kind of show for you today.
1: We have some exciting tumble stories in the works, but we wanted to give you something short and sweet to listen to on your road trips or plane trips or between swims. Or
0: between irritating your parents with your crazy antics.
1: Hi, I'm Lindsay.
0: And I'm Marshall. And welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery.
1: Today, we're talking about the man known as the father of evolution, Charles Darwin, and his five-year journey on a ship called the HMS Beagle.
0: Ooh, is it a ship full of beagles for delivery?
1: I like to think of it as a ship full of discovery. So, a couple of weeks ago, scientists came from all over the world to Austin, where we live, for a conference.
0: Ooh, a conference. That's a great way to get free coffee and donuts.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Or if you're in Austin, tacos.
1: (laughs) Yes. These conferences are very important to scientists, not just for the free tacos. It's where they get inspired with new ideas. This conference was for evolutionary biologists, People who are trying to figure out why life is so diverse and how it changes over time.
0: And when we'll be growing
2: a third arm.
1: Or why that will never happen. I interviewed a scientist from Iceland who's quickly adapted to a warmer habitat.
2: So, yeah, my name is uh, auki yart uh, I'm a graduate student at the University of Hawaii at Manoa currently. And uh, I study evolution, and speciation in sea urchins. He told
1: me he wants to know how and why these spiky, spiny sea creatures have changed over time. But I wanted to talk to him about Charles Darwin. You
0: know, so I know a bit about Charles Darwin. I mean, we do have a picture of him hanging in our house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he wrote The Origin of the Species, which is a really important book, and one that I bought used for 99 cents. <laughs> um, and it describes natural selection, which is the main process by which species change over time.
1: Yes, and the idea of natural selection came from his observations on this amazing around-the-world trip on the HMS Beagle. So what can you tell us about Charles Darwin and the voyage of the Beagle?
2: So Charles Darwin was actually younger than I am now when he signed up to go on a research cruise.
1: How old are you now?
2: I'm 30 presently. Uh, I believe he was 28 when he left on the Beagle. He was actually 22. But he signed up, uh, went with uh, a a gallant crew of British sailors off on a round-the-world cruise. And he sailed far and wide across uh, the Atlantic and across the entirety, just about, of the Pacific.
1: Wow. So he was just sailing around the world. And I read that they expected the cruise to be much shorter than it ended up being
2: they um yes they ran into uh, numerous uh, difficulties as you always do when traveling um there were small fires there was uh, some loss of samples there were notebooks getting wet uh there was Some mislabeling of things, but luckily uh, Darwin happened to have uh, good people on hand who also kept careful notes. Um, But throughout the entire trip, he observed what he saw. He saw amazing, beautiful things. He saw interesting things. He saw mundane things. And he kept notes and records of it all. He wrote down what he saw. He'd look at something he'd never seen before and attempt to describe it. And he'd look at something he'd seen a hundred times in England and still try to describe it. So he uh, was very thorough and and, uh, very ambitious as a naturalist.
1: In his journals, he wrote that his mind was a chaos of delight, which is a phrase I find really delightful and would like to use more often.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This dinner is
0: a chaos of delight. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He also collected specimens, samples of animals, plants, and rocks that he could bring back to England and study
0: later. So what kind of person do you have to be to go on a five-year journey for science when you're 22?
2: Well, one of the biggest things that uh, captured me was just sort of the willingness to up and leave. Uh, he was originally training to be a physician, a doctor, a medical doctor, but was not overly fond of blood and, and, uh, and gore and sort of the, the various things that came with uh, medicine in England in the 1800s. Uh, so he, instead of going that route, just decided to cross the entirety of the world, which is no small feat, especially back in the day when you were not guaranteed to be safe. You had, in many ways, no idea what you would see but uh, he underwent this massive journey and described everything with such uh, fervor and just uh, a passion for what he was was describing.
1: So he came back to England with just tons and tons of observations from five years. What do you do with all of that material?
2: You spend years and years writing a book, (laughs) and eventually you're forced to publish it because someone else might scoop you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he's talking about the origin of species, right?
1: Exactly. He spent years when he came back from the journey piecing together the mysteries that he had seen. But he wrote the actual book in a bit of a
2: rush.
0: So, what did it mean he was going to get scooped? Who was the other person with the idea?
2: Word reached him of a, of a young upstart, uh, a man named Alfred Russell Wallace, who, much like a young Darwin, had set off into the world to explore and to look at, and who had a similar passion for looking and describing the natural world. And he... Not necessarily surprisingly, had come to relatively similar conclusions. And Ashley had written to the Royal Society of London. And when word reached Darwin that another person was actually starting to write and communicate with the scientific community of something similar to what he described, that lit a fire under him to actually pack up what he had and start publishing it so that all of his work and years of effort uh, wouldn't just lay unread somewhere in a cellar.
1: We have a copy of The Origin of Species and I just opened it and it's like the, the beginning is just like disclaimer of like I have to write this right now but it's not what it could be.
2: <laughs> and that was, that's the thing he, he knew how what a big deal this book would be. He knew how much of an impact it would have on how people viewed the natural world and not just other scientists because it was not a new idea but The way he described it was new, and it was going to have a big impact on not just the scientific community, but on the popular community.
1: People knew that plants and animals changed or evolved over time, but they didn't know how. So, in his book, Darwin explained for the first time ever how it actually happens.
0: And I have to say, from having read the book, it's actually, he makes a very convincing case. I understand why everybody thought it was such a big deal.
1: Yeah, and it's still a big deal. All the scientists I met at this meeting are using Darwin's discovery to help answer their own questions about the world. Um, is there anything else that you want to add?
2: Oh, just I, I think uh, yeah, the takeaway message is never be afraid to go out and explore. You don't necessarily have to sign up for a five-year voyage, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can just start by trying to describe an animal or plant scientifically. Whether you've seen it a billion times or not.
0: Like, I would describe our dog as uh, possessing very short legs, a long tail. Um, he's got a little spiky collar. He has a propensity to lick you way more than you want to be licked. <laughs>
1: yes, he also has two eyes and a nose.
0: Probably internal organs, though I've never taken a close look at this. Yeah, we can't know. He seems to have a stomach because he eats a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Send us your scientific descriptions. We'd love to hear them.
0: Yeah, of anything. Of bugs, plants, your sister, whatever. (laughs) That's our show.
1: Thanks to Alki Larson, PhD candidate at the University of Hawaii, Manoa, for sharing a Darwin story with us. Thanks as well to Dr. Muhammad Noor, Dr. David Bryant-Lowry, and the organizers of the Evolution Conference.
0: And we will be back very soon with a regular episode.
1: In the meantime, if you go on our website, tumblepodcast.com, you can learn more about Darwin and the HMS Beagle, sign up for our podcast recommendation newsletter, and donate to our show.
0: Uh, Our associate producer is Sarah Lentz.
1: I'm Lindsay Patterson.
0: And I'm Marshall Escamilla. And tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.